They did boat trips around the bay. George took the dolphin chugging round the uninhabited island in the centre every other day, and Bert took the sparkler to the little cove round the point. The next day they changed over. Tourists asked them if they didn't get bored doing the same thing all summer from Easter to September, but they just shrugged and smiled. The sea was always different, they said. The people were always different, and the weather... Well, the weather could be even more different. Sometimes they couldn't go out for a week. One year they hadn't gone out for the whole of August. Then they'd sit in the blue anchor by the jetty, drinking tea and smoking, until the government forced them outside, where Mavis supplied them with a cheap canvas gazebo and an environmentally unfriendly heater. But this year the weather was good. This year the regulars came back with smiles on their faces and the odd present of a bottle of whisky, which George and Bert would share on board the Dolphin or the Sparkler when the tourists went back to their hotels and apartments. This year, too, there were the other visitors, dark, olive-skinned, wary-looking, who worked in the hotel kitchens, cleaned the lavatories and worked on the farms outside the town. The tourists, for the most part, ignored them. The hoteliers and café owners despised them and paid them as little as they could get away with. The rest of the town's residents were divided in opinion. Those like Mrs Battersby and Miss Davis, who complained bitterly to anyone who would listen, and to a lot more who would not, that these people should not be allowed and should be sent back to their own countries. And those whose determinedly liberal attitude drove them to be fiercely defensive on the immigrants' behalf. There were those, of course, who viewed both sides with amusement and detachment. George and Bert and their friend Jane Morris, who worked for the local paper, were among them. Jane would go down to the Blue Anchor and chat to George and Bert and occasionally go out on the Dolphin or the Sparkler and help them entertain their passengers. Which was what she was doing one day in July at the beginning of the school holidays. It was George's turn to go round the island and due to the unusually calm sea, the Dolphin was packed with families. Nice middle-class families who preferred a traditional British seaside holiday to the dubious delights of Sun, Sea and Malibu with unbearable temperatures and incomprehensible currency. Those families who, had they chosen to fly to the sun, would not have dreamt of looking for English bars, breakfasts and nice cups of tea, but who were secretly pleased that these essential delights did not have to be foregone. It was Jane who spotted it. Something had been washed up or dumped on the far side of the island, but what made her look harder was its position well above even the waterline from the high equinoctial tides. George, what's that? George squinted through his cigarette smoke, keeping one hand on the wheel while pushing Jane out of the way with the other. Then he reached for the radio 